Is this latest oil price surge the kiss of death, the final nail in the coffin to the European economy, an economy that has been suffering from shallow recession to begin with, in which economic data, recent statistics suggest that recession is already getting worse even before we get to the price surge in crude oil. Despite that, and despite the fact that the ECB and its models can see the European economy getting worse and have downgraded its forecast because of it, they voted anyway this week, this week, this past week, to raise their benchmark interest rates, in large part because of oil prices. Here's what the Governing Council said just a couple days ago. The September ECB staff macroeconomic projections for the euro area see average inflation at 5.6% in 23, 3.2% in 24, and 2.1% in 25. This is an upward revision for 23 and 24 and a downward revision for 25. The upward revision for this year and next year mainly reflects a higher path for energy prices. So what they're concerned about here is that consumer and maybe business expectations will become unanchored by the surprise resurgence of oil and energy prices. And therefore, if people become more normalized to it and businesses become more normalized to it, they'll alter their behavior in a way that will become, according to this theory, more inflationary. Therefore, it requires more action from the European Central Bank, but not necessarily higher and higher rates. Because in addition to raising rates, the ECB also said this. Based on its current assessment, the governing council considers that the key ECB interest rates have reached levels that maintained for a sufficiently long duration will make a substantial contribution to the timely return of inflation to the target. So the ECB may have gotten, according to its theories, interest rates high enough that they're restrictive. And so their intention from here on out isn't necessarily to raise rates further, rather to keep them there as long as necessary to stamp out any remaining inflation pressures, particularly as they might affect consumer and business expectations. So we're at the potentially terminal point of ECB European interest rate hikes. However, now we're flipping into, according to their theories, according to their forecast, higher for longer. So we may be at the end of rate hikes, but now it's about how long they need to maintain them before consumer prices go back down to where they want them. What does the market think of all this? What were those economic projections from the ECB, which were substantially downgraded. What does the recent economic data in Europe say? And how does that play into globally synchronized conditions? That's what we got today. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. Eurodollar University has memberships and subscriptions, in particular, our daily deep dive analysis, which I dive deep into these topics and others every day. In fact, just yesterday we talked about on the deep dive analysis, the inventory cycle and how it looks differently from, say, the perspective of retail sales versus something like total sales. And what can that tell us about how the inventory cycle corresponds and correlates to general economic activity? Maybe it's a little bit more than you think, but that's what we do at our deep dive analysis. We dive deeper into these topics to really get behind what's going on in the economy and especially the markets and how those two things interact. All the information about our memberships and subscriptions, including the deep dive analysis, that's at eurodollar.university. 
With this latest decision this week, the ECB brings up its MRO or target rate to 4.5%. Now, whether or not that's the terminal rate point or whether they're going to continue to raise rates, the intention here is they're going to continue to hold rates, whether it's this is the final spot or not, for as long as necessary until consumer prices go down. And consumer prices go down in large part because the economy gets weak. Now that part we can all agree on. The European economy is weak and the European Central Bank can see the European economy getting weaker and weaker and weaker. In fact, their projections for it were adjusted substantially. In fact, they even admitted their economic projections are being downgraded. I think the word they used was significantly. Here's what they said with that. With the increasing impact of this tightening on domestic demand and the weakening of international trade environment, ECB staff have lowered their economic growth projections significantly. They now expect the euro area economy to expand by 0.7% in 23, 1% in 24, and 1.5% in 25. When you look at the history of their forecast, you can see the recession or the economic weakness. First of all, it's bringing the forecast down. It's pulling European models down into the recession where the economy actually is because these forecasts are always lagging. Despite the term forecast that's used, real economic outcomes happen and then the forecasts are later adjusted to them. Another thing to note in these forecasts is that earlier this year, the ECB and its models did buy into that temporary transitory rebound after last year, the same one I've been talking about all along. We had the downturn based on consumer prices in 2022, and then some disinflation in Europe, China's reopening, a couple other factors, rising sentiment created a little bit of a rebound, which was misinterpreted widely as the start of a shallow, if, if still legitimate recovery. So downturn in 2022 based on prices, prices back off a little bit, the economy goes up based on sentiment, and we're out of the recession, except we had the downturn, we had a little bit of a rebound, and it never really went much farther than that. You can see that in their economic projections. So if we go back to March 22, before we even got to the, the first oil price spike that really killed the global economy and set us off on this path, they were forecasting 2.1% economic growth or real GDP growth in this year, 2023. That, caught, that got cut to 0.9% in September last year, then 0.5% in December. That was the downturn, the price pressures. And then from December to March, they doubled their economic projections because they, because they thought they were out of the recession. They thought rising sentiment, they survived last winter. It wasn't a catastrophe. All of that stuff. China reopening was going to contribute something. So they forecast from 0.5% last December to suddenly 1% in March of 2023. Now, 1% obviously isn't great, but it's a hell of a lot better than the alternative. Since March, however, they've been downgrading slowly, incrementally, the forecast for GDP this year to the point that they've now downgraded in their September projections to just 0.7%, which is consistent with a shallow recession that Europe finds itself in already. Remember, these are full year uh, real GDP totals. The big one, though, and then what they were referring to in their statement when they said they uh, downgraded their uh, their uh, their economic growth projections significantly, the significant part is 2024. Again, go back to March of 2022. They were expecting around 2% economic growth because that's the long-run baseline. They kept that up until December, last December. 
Then in March, they downgraded a little bit to 1.6%. June of, uh, of this year, that got downgraded a little bit more to 1.5%. And now this latest set of projections, they're only forecasting 1% growth for all of 2024. There's the recession. So it looks like even the forecasts are suggesting that a shallow recession in 23 is going to extend its, to, uh, to some extent and to some length into 2024. And that economic growth next year, according to these models, at best is going to get to be 1%. And that's half of what it was when we began this year. So economic weakness that is extending in large part because of not just oil price and the latest oil price surge. That is something that the, the projections are just picking up but because the rebound, the renaissance, the recovery that was supposed to have started earlier this year, it didn't show up. The soft landing that was supposed to be landed by this point is not, it, it, it hasn't happened. The economy is still reacting. It's still, it's still being subjected to negative pressures and headwinds. And among those, as the ECB said, global trade recession, which is really is really impacting Europe, not just Asia and China. So the European Central Bank, because of oil prices, because of their inflation expectations theory, thought we're going to have to raise rates again. And then, of course, we have to we have to keep them there because we don't really know what goes on in consumer prices and how consumer prices, how they work in the real economy. So in lieu of understanding that, they've just higher for longer. But what does the market think about all this? Now, we've talked about Uriber futures a couple, not, a little bit over a week ago. And so I want to give you an update on Uriber futures now that we know the ECB is going to hike rates starting next week. So on September 20th, the MRO will get up to 4.5%. Deposit rate will be 4%. And Uriber futures didn't really react much at all. Now, the futures prices are down a little bit, which suggests a little tiny bit of an increase in uh, um, interest rate projections forecast in the market, not forecast uh, among economists. But it's really been basically about 10 basis points since I last updated you, I think, about 10 days ago. So Uriber futures, despite the fact the ECB just said we're going to hike rates and it was somewhat unexpected, I think the Uriber market, the futures market, was already on the fence about a rate hike to begin with. So in some ways this was confirming suspicions. But still, when you look at all the Uriber curves and for and the Uriber price history, you can see just like cash rates uh, in the German curve and the German market, completely steady really since last September. September broke down everything, including the real economy. But even as the ECB continues to hike rates and continue to continues to talk about higher for longer, it's not being priced in the markets. And it's not hard to tell why that is, because as we, you know, the theme of our show here, even the ECB, even the European econometric models understand that economic weakness is building. It's getting worse. The recovery that was supposed to have happened earlier in the year is not happening. And worse than that, as the economy gets worse into the summer, now we've got oil prices on top of the economy that didn't recover, that was getting or that was already getting worse. It leads us into the situation where policymakers think that inflation is the biggest problem, so they have to raise rates. The economy is doing something entirely different. And the markets are saying, this is exactly what we were expecting. 
that may be the part about how long the ECB was going to continue raising rates. But the economic consequences of the economic fundamentals, regardless of those interest rates, those haven't changed. They have continued to move along on expectations. We look around to the economic statistics in Europe, and again, it's not hard to see why Euriber futures or German curves or French curves or any of the curves in Europe are suggesting what they're suggesting, which is the opposite of higher for longer. Not quite the opposite of higher, higher for longer, but betting against the longer part. We don't know how high the ECB is going to go, but chances and probabilities continue to build. They're not going to maintain their rate hikes for as long as they think they are. That's what your Riber futures are saying. That's what, you know, term SOFR futures are saying in the United States and U.S. dollars. Is what inverted yield curves and spreads have been saying all along, consistently since last year. Uh, this week, we got European industrial production for the month of July. That one fell sharply, 1.1% month over month, which is one of the biggest drops uh, in recent months. It's the first decline since March, and March's was a huge drop. And what you see by industrial production is that after that big decline in March, there was a little tiny bit of a rebound in output, but then again, as, as I keep saying, the European economy was already rolling over and heading into worse trouble even before oil prices really started to move up. And the level of industrial output across all of the European economy, as of this July statistic, it's already in a really low position. It's back down to near where it was in March. It's consistent with, say, April of 2022 after the big oil price spike and the downturn then. Um, 105.2, which is the index value for July 23, that's pretty close to August of 21. Remember the Delta wave of coronavirus overreactions, which led to lockdowns imposed across much of Europe. So industrial production, which is you know low levels of industrial production, which is absolutely consistent with a global trade recession, but not just weakness from outside of Europe, also weakness inside of Europe too. And it's having an impact not just on industry and manufacturing, we're also seeing weakness, continued weakness in something like European retail sales, consumer spending on goods. Retail sales in the month of July, those declined nominally for the first time this year. It was only 0.1%, so a small decline month over month, but again, nominal spending. Uh, nominal spending has been weaker, still rising throughout 2023, but on a different trajectory than it had been in 2022. The no nominal slowdown in disinflation. Adjusting for prices, Eurostat says that real retail sales fell by 0.3% in July, another decline across Europe spending, consumer, consumer spending. And that was the first drop in real retail sales since the month of March, although April was flat. This is one reason why we continue to see disinflation spread across Europe. Weak nominal environment, low volumes. There's not a whole lot of demand out there. And because of that, in addition to not just demand, not just uh, disinflation, we see some forward-looking indicators from, for example, the ZEW surveys for Europe as well as Germany that are getting into really low levels. In Germany specifically, and I think this, we need to highlight this part, uh, Germany's ZEW survey really shows the impact of the global trade recession, really globally synchronized here. 
Uh, now, the sentiment number improved to minus 11.4 from minus 12.3. But again, that's the consistent pattern here. Sentiment was deeply negative in 2022. It rebounded in early 23. And now it's settling down at a low negative number, just like in 2011, 2012, for example. But the, it was the situation index, minus 79.4, which is one of the worst numbers in the series. In fact, minus 79.4 only five months in 2020 were, were lower than that, and only six months in 2009 were lower than that. So German commercial assessment of the German situation right now is already pretty bad. And again, this is, this is really before the, the impact from higher oil prices sets in. Whether or not the European economy is in recession, is, it's almost a moot point. It's academic at this point because... It's already in a weakened, weakened shape. It's already experienced a downturn. We know that. Even the ECB can see the downturn. And even the ECB's models can forecast and correctly forecast that it's likely to get worse as markets continue to price. What that means is if, it was, if, it, if Europe wasn't in recession to this point, it's likely going to be, most likely going to be moving forward. And if it was in recession, it's going to be a much worse and maybe even a prolonged recession, which is what gets us to forward interest rates like Euriber, which tell us that as the European economy gets worse and as European officials are forced to confront that, that the economy getting worse, they're not gonna be able to maintain higher for longer. If you wanna see that recent video I did talking about Euriber futures, click at the link below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University members and subscribers. And until next time, take care.